Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally, and honestly, it's all because of my incredible guests, and I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game, and they show up here willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. These are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And my guest today, Melanie Benson, listen to this, has been my guest since the very early days of this podcast, dating back to 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013. And here we are again in 2023. So what the heck has she been up to in the last 10 years and why did it take so long to get me back on the, get her back on the show? I will apologize profusely. But anyway, she is here to share one of my favorite topics, and that is how to leverage OPP, other people's podcasts, to add six figures in new business. Now, very quickly, Melanie Benson is authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expertpreneurs. And she's going to show us today how you stand out in a crowded market and attract high-paying clients and opportunities using your podcast. And she has had, oh, since 2000, has had a proven track record of accelerating results for her clients. I've been watching her for a long time. We've been friends for a long time. She's the real deal. And, and we were just talking in my, my virtual green room. She is also the host of the top 1.5% podcast, Amplify Your Success. And I'm not jealous. I'm not. Okay, a little. So anyway, Melanie, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you here. Uh, I'm always so honored to be a returning guest, and I thought it was my fourth time back, but I guess it's my sixth time back. Wow. I feel so I know. honored right now. Thank you. You have such an amazing show. And okay, listeners, let's make sure you're rating and reviewing the show, because who else has the most amazing radio voice besides Denise? Like, she slays the microphone so well done oh, Denise I love the love the sultry voice thank you I really appreciate that and I've been listening to you as well like I said yeah I mentioned earlier we've known each other quite a long time and I have followed you and of course you do a lot of work with people that I know and really respect I mean you are the real deal you really are thank you Thank you. I've been okay, doing it so, a long time, so you've got to exactly. stay authentic if you're going to be in it this long. <laughs> well, and you mentioned something in the my virtual green room because, you know, I was shocked when my podcast was at 5%, and I went, ooh, good girl. Didn't pay much attention to it. I just thought, okay, that's good. Then it went to 2.5%, and I thought, what the heck is going on? You nailed it. It's consistency. I've been doing this for mm-hmm. a long time. And so have you. Consistency is uh, a key ingredient in almost every success factor that you would see somebody experiencing uh, in business and in life, really. Exactly. Listen, before we get going, tell people a bit about you that I might have missed in my 
my effusive <laughs> introduction. I just love you. I do. So tell people Aww. a bit about you, and then let's get going. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot has changed in the last decade. Uh, so on the business level, we've really um, we've done something that I teach in my programs, which we decided to really hone our focus, simplify everything that I do, and really specialize and like become an authority because that's what I do is an, as an authority. Empires help people un, unlock and monetize their authority. But I really realized that my favorite thing, my superpower, like everything that I get up every morning and love is like showing people how to really amplify the reach of their message and turn that into six figures or more. Sometimes it's seven figures and high seven figures of revenue in their business. And so I'm like, I think this is where I want to specialize. This is what I want to do the most. And the the thing we're going to talk about today, the system that I kind of fell into accidentally is the same system I've used every time I pivoted my business or transformed it or evolved it like I did with, you know, some of the other things I taught over the years to really focusing on visibility strategies and monetizing that visibility so it's profitable. And one of the key ways I do that now is through a program called Guest Expert System. And I I thank you so much for the accolades. I'm very intentional about how we leverage our podcast, Amplify Your Success, but I'm also very intentional about how I collaborate and partner with other people's platforms and stages like podcasts. And I kind of, Denise, I kind of fell into it when podcasts started really emerging. I was hitting a point in my life. And you may remember this. I just didn't want to travel as much. Like I had built my business around speaking on stages, which is still really valuable, but I didn't want to travel as much. And so I was kind of seeking a way to continue to reach people all over the globe, particularly my my ideal clients and great collaboration partners without having to be on the road all the time. And podcasts were really getting popular then people are starting to uh kick them off and i i'll be really transparent here because i think this is an important piece of the puzzle i was going through a stage of feeling completely invisible around 2009-2010 as i was pivoting my business and my work I kind of slowed the train down, like the momentum that I had on that business I built into the, you know, high six and early seven figures. Like I was on fire. I was like, everything was full steam ahead, but then I wanted to shift the gears and all of a sudden it felt like the gears stopped working. And I was like, oh, I'm like a best kept secret right now. And I went. I remember process. you saying that to me. Yes. I'm glad you said. I remember that. Okay, keep going. Well, it, it it was humbling, and it wasn't very fun because when you've got a lot of momentum, and all of a sudden you feel like it stops working, you're like, "Wait, what happened?" And part of it was my mindset at the time. You know, I was surfacing some um, traumas from my childhood that was like kind of running amok in my brain. But part of it was just the the natural cycle of going through a brand evolution means you've got to do the work to reignite the energy around your brand. And so this process that I'm sharing today is exactly what I did to help my brand catch fire again, to help it build momentum again, to do something I call build buzz and momentum. 
And this, the exciting thing, Denise, is anybody can do it at any time. If you want to add some more uh, email subscribers and you want to really build up your own audience again, or you're going to launch a podcast, or you want to drive more listeners, or you have some new programs, or you simply want to maybe get your book in more hands, like the podcast market is continuing to really prove to be a very profitable market. And there's several reasons why it's not just to attract clients. That's my favorite thing to do, but it's not just to attract clients. There are some other things that happen that make podcasts such a powerful um, like activator to let people know what you're up to, to attract more opportunity and, you know, hopefully more paying clients. So that's I really where I started to specialize. Perfect. And, you know, you will, if you've listened to me at all, audience, and I think you have, you'll hear me often say, get your voice heard. A podcast is the perfect place to get your voice heard. Listen, you're not going to find me on YouTube. You're not going to find pictures of me anywhere on the Internet. There never have been. There never will be. But I get my voice heard. And I get to meet people from all over the world, Mondays and Fridays. It's fascinating. And my guests really do become my mentors in many, many ways. Get your voice heard. Get a podcast. Get on a podcast. Contact Melanie if you've got something to share and say, can I come on your podcast? Would I be a good candidate? Get, contact me. Would I be a good contact? We don't know. You have to show up. Yeah, totally. Showing up. <clears throat> so I, a little backstory here. I as, I, as my podcast was growing and I was having more and more high-profile people come on my show, which I've been very fortunate that a lot of my relationships from the years and years have uh, borne fruit by uh, them saying yes to being a guest on my show. What I found very quickly was that not everybody knew how to, how to really like, be a guest. So it's different when you're a host, right? But when you're the guest, you're oftentimes being interviewed, you're being guided through a set of conversation points and you're um, exploring with that other person what they want to hear about. And yes, we may prompt them with some questions that we think might be good, but ultimately they're in control of the direction of the conversation. And what I found, Denise, was that a lot of people, even super experienced speakers who are paid a lot of money to speak on stage, we're not getting great results from being a guest on other people's podcasts and shows. And so he started to study what, what was missing, what was wrong. And them, like there were 17 commonly made mistakes. And I'll talk about a couple of them as we go through today. But your statement just prompted one of them in my head. And that is that they're not showing up. They're not even putting themselves out there. And so what happens is, you know, we, we live, especially if you have an online presence, you're using social media, website, all of that, you, you have some kind of digital footprint. We have a condition called a crowd. <laughs> there is a very crowded market. Social media creates a lot of noise. And what happens for a lot of really talented people who have amazing work to share with the world is they're invisible to their market. And people who could be inviting them don't really know what it is they do. They don't know what it is that they stand for. And they can't really detect what the key message or the problem that that person solves is. And so they're passed over. And this happens all the way from being invited to speak, 
to be a guest on podcast to attract clients. And a client, if you, I always say, if you, if you can't be seen, you can't be hired. If you're not seen, you're not hired. People do not know how to choose you if they can't see you. Well, that makes sense. Melanie, you're breaking up just a little bit. Did you move around at all? Nope. I'm right here and same old stuff. Now no, you sound good. It was just, I mean, I could hear you. I don't think it was all that horrible, but wanted to check. So you and I, again, we talked about this in the green room. I almost never go on other people's podcasts. And I'll be very frank, it's because I don't get asked. People don't come look for me. And I've never worried about it very much, but I'm starting to notice it because I'm on on air Mondays and Fridays. And the reason I'm saying this is recently I was asked to come on somebody else's podcast, and it felt so strange to be on the other side of the microphone, so to speak. And I remember calling him and saying, did I sound like a lunatic? He said, no. <laughs> sure. I felt like a lunatic. It's a very different other side of the microphone, to be honest. And I was uncomfortable. I really was. Uh, that's fair. I, I I would say you are in good company, Denise, in that oh, feeling. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I've been teaching. Well, you know, that's what people say, right? And and I think in the beginning, anything we do that's new, like a new behavior, a new um, set of skills, a new uh, way of doing something, is going to feel a little odd. And I I think when people, when I started teaching guest expert system, this is what I heard the most. Melanie, I know I have a message that, that would be attractive to ideal clients. I know I want to get in front of new audiences. I'm not getting asked. How do I, how do I pitch these people or how do I kind of turn on that flow of opportunities coming to me? And the number one reason why somebody isn't getting asked is because nobody knows what your topic is. You may be the best at what gotcha. you do, but if people don't know what a signature topic is, if they don't really know what it is the thing you do that's a key thing you do, it, they're not necessarily going to ask you or you're maybe not leveraging the collaboration partners you already have. And, you know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. True. And I think in the beginning, we have to ask to start priming the pump until the, it gets the, the flow going. We do. And I may have shared this with you back in 210 to 100 years ago when we first started talking. Larry Wingett saved my podcast, literally. Now, Larry Wingett, for those of you don't, in the audience don't know, he's known as the pit bull of personal development. He's written, I think, six New York Times bestsellers. He has no filters, and neither do I. We get along just fine. But back in the very early days of my podcast, which has always been this kind of podcast, I interview other people, I couldn't find guests because they didn't know who I was. And it was this was 2008, 2009. This was early on in podcasting. And I had always been a fan of Larry's work. And I had interviewed Bob Berg, but I couldn't find other guests. They just thought, who? Who are you? Or they, they would just ignore me. So I had I call them God winks Melanie but I jumped on Facebook and this was before we had messenger but I sent him a note and told him who I was that I had interviewed you know Bob Berg and that I was a big fan of his TV show way back in the day and I asked him if he would be willing to to be my guest 
And I expected nothing. I expected either a no or you know, he would just ignore me, which is essentially a no. And I left. I left my office. I went and I stuck my head in the refrigerator. It's a meditation for me. You just go blank. And I came back about 10, 15 minutes later, and he said, sure, I'd love to. I went, oh, you have to ask. You have to ask. And so that was you, the host, asking a really high-profile yeah what we might call like celebrity guest, which I know is nerve wracking for a lot of people. I know several people, I'm not a celebrity, but people have said, Oh, I was nervous to ask you. And, and really what it is, is it's um, just being willing to put yourself out there, but let's talk about the other side, right? Like I want to be asked to be on shows. Like I want to start being on more high profile shows instead of maybe just um, shows that are maybe quite popular. By the way, there's, there's really value, so much value in all shows. We don't want to just focus on the top shows. It's about being in front of your ideal audience. And one of the things that um, you just said when you're talking about Larry makes the point really clear about because why I teach people there is value in amplifying your authority and really being intentional about getting clear where your authority is and doing some very strategic steps to make sure people recognize that authority. Being a guest on podcasts is one of them. But what you did when you found Larry was you were searching for people that popped, right? Like you were looking for somebody that might make a great guest. So what do we do as hosts? We look for somebody who's got a message that looks like it would be intriguing for our show. Where do we go? We go to social media. We scroll. We look for people that are posting other stages and platforms and authority platforms on their on their social media thread, right? That is how, that's one of my little secret weapons to standing out is get consistently visible on your social platforms with your key message. The work shifts from I've got to do all this stuff to, oh, so-and-so been talking about podcast guesting lately you know the first three episodes that i aired uh the, sorry that i shared on my social platform turned into another 20 invitations to come and speak on stages and podcasts because people went oh i love this topic that melanie's got right now and instead of me having to go pitch a bunch of people i'm sharing the features that i have and it's turning into more invitations. So that's one of the little hacks we might call it. I have a gazillion of them, which we won't be able to get to, you know, in the time we have today. But, you know, you just want to get really strategic about it. Now, Denise, I think it's worth mentioning. We probably should go back to the beginning. And here's where I think a lot of people get super stuck. They have, like, talent. They have expertise. They have all this stuff they know they do, and they do well, and their clients come back to them over and over and over again for. But if this is not something you're used to doing, translating that into what I call a magnetic message that gets um, buzz and momentum when shared, that might feel very foreign to you. So one of the things that I suggest people start with, and of course this is the first step I do in my programs, is help or really design like what a magnetic talk is that is perfectly irresistible, compelling and magnetic to the people you want to inspire to work with you or you to come speak. And when you get that clarity, 
your confidence goes up and all of a sudden you you start to consistently do the things that you've been putting off because that clarity is giving you confidence. And I if I look at why people don't do it, Denise, it's because they don't have a clear message. They do not have that um, that cornerstone to build everything else off of. Maybe you, and then, you recognize that. <laughs> I do. I was just about, my hand went up and go, me, me, me. Here's my problem. I have so many things that I do that I never know which one to pick. I'm a web developer. I have a social di- media, social media digital agency. I'm a podcaster. I make a hell of a gumbo. I'm a cat wrangler. I do so many things, but what is interesting? I don't know. But to be fair, I haven't sat down with myself and say, what is it that you have to offer? I just stay busy and ignore it. Shame on me. Yeah. And for some people, trying to do it inside their own head is very hard to do because it's not a, you know, like, it's kind of like you can't see the forest through the trees. And some people, if you just give yourself some space and say, okay, I'm going to spend an hour, you know, really like doing some brainstorming, you'll start to have things that emerge for you. Now, would you like, would it be helpful if I shared a little formula that um, I've been teaching for a couple of years now that seems to like have a lot of light bulbs go off? Yes, please. I'm writing, I'm scribbling down, keep going. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, because this is another one of the mistakes is having what I call muddy messaging. So muddy messaging means that you think you're being clear because you know what you do. But when you when it gets translated, and I always the way I teach it is your ideal clients and the people you want to inspire to work with you in some way, they're on another uh, island, right? Or they're they're ac- across the city or wherever they are, right? They're not right next to you, and so we're building a bridge between where you are and way that where they are through messaging, and the bridge has to be so clear and so compelling that. They go from where they are and they want to walk across the bridge and say, Denise, I want more. I want to book you on my show or I want, you know, I know I need to use your services, right? And that is messaging. And messaging oftentimes gets very muddy because we don't know how to think the way our our buyer does or the way our ideal client does or the way, you know, a, a show host would in this case. So here's a formula that I designed because why? Because I really sucked at messaging for a really long time, too. I struggled with this so much until I learned these four key things. And I call it the rocks method. It is a trademarked formula that I have been teaching now that it will help you no matter what you're trying to design a, a magnetic messaging around. I want you to keep this in mind. R-O-C-S. Relevant, outcome-driven, credibility-boosting, and specific. You do not have to have all four of those things in a in one like title, so to speak. Let's just talk titles for a moment. But you do need at least three of them to have a really compelling uh, title or topic or messaging uh, soundbite. And the m- number one most important element there is relevance because you said earlier well like you know i get in my head it's like well what do people even care about like i can do all these different things 
It doesn't matter what you're good at until you know what your ideal client or that person that you want to inspire into action needs. What are they searching for? What's on their minds? What's in their heart? What are the conversations they're having when they're sitting down for coffee with their bestie and they're saying, oh, this thing is going on and I'm trying to solve it, right? These are the things that are relevant in their world right now. And the number one reason that service providers struggle with their businesses and have a lack of clients and are invisible is they haven't mastered building the relevancy between the world that they do so naturally, the service they provide, the offerings they have, and what their ideal clients are searching for. So relevance has to be a big piece of this. And you can have the most relevant offers in the world, but if you don't know how to message it so it's compelling and, you know, interesting and intriguing to them, they're still going to kind of just click by. And that's where the rest of the formula comes in. So relevance is all about what is on in the hearts and the minds of the person you're wanting to attract into your world. Um, The second part is outcome-driven. Now, this is not always about titling. Sometimes this is about just communicating your message. And, um, you know, when I'm teaching people like how to design their podcast guesting system, what happens um, sometimes is what they try to talk about during the interview is not really connected to what people want. They get very caught up in their processes. They get caught up in the Um, features of their work instead of the benefits and the outcomes. So I put this in the formula because I think it's important to remember people by and large get emotionally connected to an outcome, not the way you get them there. And so if we can think about that, when you're titling things, topic, when you have like designing a topic, you're um, messaging what you do, like let's say you're even, you can use this on sales pages and all of that let's say that you're thinking, okay, well, I know I want to like be able to meet with them six times to get them to the outcome. You know, you're not going to title. It's not about like having six sessions, but you might say it's a six step formula, right? And so the six steps then brings in the last part of the formula, which is specificity, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, The credibility boosting is it's kind of a new way for people to think about topics and messaging and titles. And that is, is there a way in the, in how you're designing your message or your topic that you might be able to pop in some credibility? So credibility could be like the results. Uh, So you might notice in the title for today, how to leverage OPP, that's their specificity, other people's podcasts. If you're looking to be able to get a more podcast, there's relevance to add six figures. Now, when you hear that, like, man, she can add six figures in new business by getting being guests on other people's podcasts. For some people who maybe struggled with this, that might be an instant boost of credibility. Well, she can do that. She must have some knowledge here that I want to learn more about. If you were to Uh, Maybe in a topic or a title or a write-up, you talk about the fact that you're the host of a top 1.5% podcast. Okay, well, if I'm thinking about starting a podcast or I want to leverage podcasts, do you want to learn from somebody who doesn't even have a podcast? (laughs) Probably not. No. So 
Right, right. So there, that relevance is there, but it's also really giving a showcase of credibility. There's a track record there. So that's where you can play around with the messaging of, and some people are like, oh, Melanie, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be that person that it feels like they're just bragging about themselves. Look, if you don't tell people what you've been accomplishing then you don't get to tell them ever. Like they, they're just going to, they're clicking by because you sound like everybody else. It's not bragging. It's informing. There's a difference. And the last piece of the formula, the S, as I already alluded to, is specificity. And again, I don't recommend specificity and everything else. I think we've got to temper it a little bit so it doesn't feel salesy and hypey. But I think there's a way to bring specificity in that feels really um, intriguing, like it brings the intrigue factor up. So can you use a number, like a six-step formula? Can you use it as a credibility? You can add another six figures. You can get your next three to five clients. You can, um, you know, how to add another 10,000 viewers to your website each month, right? Like if you did SEO. Uh, what is it that could get a little specificity in there? Because here's why. It is really easy to sound like everybody else when you're generic. And specificity is a pattern interrupter that gets people to stop scrolling and pay attention. So that's the fun. I'm writing that down. I'm right. Pattern interrupter. And, you know, when you're talking about this, I'm also thinking about websites. It's the same thing. When you're building a website, listen, as a web developer, I consult with my clients a lot before that site is up and running because they can't just hand it to me and go, here you go, good luck. doesn't work that way. But I have found over the years of doing the work that I do that when people come to me for a website or social media, everything they want has nothing to do with what the audience wants, everything. And I will wind up talking them out of just about everything that they just were desperate to have on their website or on their social media because it's not relevant. It makes no sense to the person walking through the doors at all. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it translates to everything we do that takes the um, kind of like the one-dimensional communication. This is how you make it pop. Because obviously if you're not speaking to someone, they don't get who you are. You've got to figure out how to translate that to uh, the one-dimensional, like the websites, the social media, the emails, all of that, the the conversation that you're having with uh, a, a host like we're doing right now. That's a two-dimensional because there's a, there's a back and forth between myself and the host. But the more clear you can be with your messaging, that's what gets people to book you. That's what gets people to listen to you. And that's what gets people to remember you. Absolutely. And you also mentioned when we were talking earlier, um, the biggest mistake that experts, and I'm using quotes, experts make when, finger quotes, when being interviewed that keeps ideal clients from jumping on your offer. There's some whoppers. I see them myself. I've made them myself. Can you share? Yeah, so I'll give you a couple of the highlights. I mentioned one earlier, which is you're not even getting out of the gate. You haven't started. Um, But another one, and oh, my goodness, as I say this, I know so many of our listeners today are going to go, oh, wow, I've done this one, is you are winging it. I have literally had people come on my podcast, and they had a great topic, 
but the delivery, I was like, I was like, um, it was like a, not a seesaw, but it was like a swing, right? It's like, oh my gosh, where are they going next? And it was all over the map. And afterwards they would say something like, wow, okay. So how was that? Like I was totally winging it. And, and I thought, why would you wing it? <laughs> this is media. What I think a lot of people don't understand is every time you are on a podcast or a radio show, like we are starting today, and then this goes to the podcast, you are being in the media. Now the media may have a more limited reach, but it is media. And if you wouldn't show up, for your interview with Good Morning America and wing it. And if you did, oh my gosh, I, I'm really sorry for you because it's not going to go well. You want to have a flow. You want to have a clear set of talking points. You want to have something that I call showstoppers. You want to be able to hold your your confidence and your clarity no matter what the host asks you. And that is one of the ways that you up-level the energy you're bringing to the conversation. You keep the, the guests uh, intrigued, and I call it building a golden thread. You want to move them from being interested by listening to the show. Usually it's triggered by your topic. Then you want to build intrigue, and you want to deliver sound bites and talking points and, and stories and conversations memorable. And that leads to them being invested and in taking the next step with you. I have interviewed more celebrity guests who said I've never gotten a lead out of a podcast who were horrible guests. <laughs> like, I think I know why. Like, you know, I want to run, like, ring a little um, alarm. And by the way, it's not a judgment or critique. It's literally like I want people to find value, not just by being a guest and filling a spot on my show. I want them to have value, meaning they're attracting clients. They're getting more business. They're building up their email list. They're building up their own audience for their own podcast, right? Like I want there to be a massive exchange of value. And if you don't know how to deliver a really compelling conversation, you're not going to get that. So really, like you want to really get good at delivering a golden thread. And for some people, it's like just learn a process, right? And for other people, it's practicing it. It's like doing it over and over and over again. So it becomes part of your neurology, becomes part of your, your uh, automatic way of having a conversation. I don't actually have to practice anymore. I have sound bites. I have conversations. I have stories that I'm used to telling because I've been, I, what, this is maybe my, around my 900th uh, interview in the last 10 years. And so you get used to telling stories and having those sound bites kind of roll off your tongue. And that makes perfect sense. And listen, storytelling to me is so important. That's one of the biggest reasons when I, you know, bring you onto the, the show, I want people to spend that time with you first thing you know five ten minutes getting to know you like you and trust you so they stay they're like oh she's fascinating I love her stories this is terrific I'm you're never going to say and well Melanie what about oh god I've listened to some of those podcasts and I'm seriously I think I'm going to break a tooth one day tell stories tell those terrific stories that you know have people going oh, I love that Okay, well, you're bringing up another mistake, and it's not telling stories. No, I'm not. Do you mind if I unpack another one? <laughs> not if you're going to hang me out to dry. No, no, no. You're bringing up such a okay. great point. Like sometimes oh, what good. you say helps me think of another one. Um, 
I am a firm believer that stories sell, like stories bond you to people. Uh, I've told stories where um, I've had literally had people stalking me at live events in a good way, right? Like the nice stalking because they, re- they resonate so much with that story. And they said, Melanie, like, I feel like you're talking to me. And so stories are very important. But what, what I think the, the mistake that some people make is I, I call it being the rambling rose, you're mm. telling stories that have no point and you're getting lost in a story that's not concise. It doesn't have a beginning, a middle and an end. It doesn't have an, an arc to it. And so what happens is you're telling these really long stories and the audience has checked out. They're gone. And they're in this dimension or not this dimension, but in this platform of podcasts, guess what happens if they check out? They're they don't come back to the next episode. Right. They don't listen to your your invitation. They don't they don't remember you. Like you're you become um, non memorable, and that's not our point here. So when you learn to tell stories, you want stories that have a point. And so there's three kinds of stories that I suggest that people tell. And one kind of story is like a case study, like an example of how something works. And you want to do it, obviously, with permission. You don't want to be talking about clients without their permission. Um, but the second kind of story is, as you're saying, like it's a bonding story. It's a credibility story. It's like a how we connect as human beings. And the third kind of story is a um, like a metaphorical story. And it's using some kind of a metaphor to make a point. And so a metaphor could be, like I often used to tell a story about, um, when people are um, like they feel like they have so many things they could be doing, but they're not doing any of them, and they're they ha- they're overcommitted all the time and overwhelmed, they often are like a superhero. And so I often used to tell the story about how how the superhero syndrome kicks in and robs people of their results. So that would be an example of a metaphor. But I was also thinking about you know sometimes people are like, well, what is really possible with podcasts? How, why should I be a tour on other people's podcasts? And I had this client one time who was successful. She was a service provider. She was an accountant. And we were working together because one of the things I do with my clients is I really optimize them and their business so that it's performing better. And she was working like seven days a week, oftentimes 12, 14-hour days, especially in tax season. And her husband was really getting annoyed and frustrated. And so as we were optimizing her business and the whole goal was get her to a four-day work week making seven figures. That was the goal. And as we got about halfway through, I was really optimizing her time. And so I started analyzing where she was putting her time. And one of those things was she was guesting on podcasts. And I'm like, yay, I love guesting on podcasts. Such a great strategy. How's it working for you? She's like, well, I have no shortage of clients coming in, but there's a pro- or sorry, I have no shortage of leads coming in. She goes, but there's one problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? She's like, it's not the right clients. No one's buying. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. red flag, right? And so what we discovered was that there were three things that had to be fine-tuned for her to continue to get profitable results, not just results because it's not just getting leads. It's like leads that actually take action. She had a great message, 
but it was being distributed on the wrong platforms. And her call to action was not like her, the delivery of her message was not specific who it was for. So she was making it sound like anybody could benefit, but the, you know, behind the scenes, she had a 10 K offer. And so bringing people in who were barely getting their bills paid every month, they weren't going to spend 10 K for her profitability assessment. So we had to fine-tune her talk and her title to attract the clients she wanted. And so if you're going to leverage other people's podcasts, another mistake is taking any audience, any podcast, any show that invites you to come on. The more sophisticated you are in business, the more important it is for you to really identify where your ideal clients are hanging out, what uh, audiences are they learning from, like who are their mentors right now, and are they the audiences you're being invited to? Because don't, you don't want to be everywhere. You want to be everywhere your ideal clients are. So with this client, Diane, that was one of the things we fine-tuned is getting I remember her. her. I know who you're talking you about. That? Yeah. Uh, we, we really like – kind of leaned into like, okay, it's great you're getting all these invitations, all these bookings, but only say yes to the ones that get you in front of a higher caliber client who can afford your services. How is she doing now? I mean, I haven't really kept up with her because her her services, and she's been a guest on my show as well, but for a while there, she was just everywhere, and maybe I've just kind of lost track. Yeah, so we're not working together at this point. Like she really, she she nailed it. Like she got all the stuff and she was flying high. And I think she's really gone into her specialty and is really oh, focused. And so she's where she needs to be for her audiences. And um, instead of trying to do many different things, she's now <laughs> really honed in her focus on where I call her a unique profit amplifier. When you find that one offer that really kind of blows up the whole business in a good way, because it, it's like performing well, and it, you track them in with that main offer, and then that main offer sells other things that brings consistent revenue in, I think she's just working her process. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not her ideal client, so that may be why she's, I see her on social media every now and then, but what she's doing is honestly not in my wheelhouse. I don't need what she's doing, but I'm really excited. I always have been excited for where she went after working with you and working with, you know, doing what she's doing. I think Jim Palmer was part of that as well, I think, but. It's pretty amazing to just watch her go, holy geez, and off she went. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that's really, I think, the secret with amplifying somebody is taking the things that have great promise and and figuring out what's in the way of them performing at a higher level. She's a great example of that. And, yes, she's had different mentors over the years, and everybody's had a little piece of that. But I'm a huge fan of simplifying your effort to multiply your results. And I believe in a world where we have a lot of neurodiversity and a lot of, um, you know, people who want to do it all, like it's part of what contributes to the noise. And I think there's really something 
Uh, there is a powerful market differentiation moment when people can go, that's what Melanie does. That's what Diane does. That's what Jim does. That's what Denise does. And I know there may be other things behind the scenes, but we know how to lead people in with really clear magnetic messaging. And that's like, oh, I know what they do. I know, I know what, what I want from them. Exactly. And you got to see, I'm scribbling all over the place. I had to shove my cat off the desk. I'm, he didn't like it, but I've scribbled and I'll, you know, of course, listen to this again, but I've scribbled four pages of notes. I don't normally do that. Oh, so everything... well, I feel like part of my job has uh, been accomplished today. <laughs> it has. I mean, I, and every, you'll say something every once in a while, like, ooh, and then I write down what time that was so I can go back and listen to it again. It's that important. And I hope the audience is doing that as well. You know, just as a, for instance, at 1030, Showstoppers, Golden Thread, that's important. So listen, and I wanted to ask you about Showstoppers now that I'm talking about it. You say that using the power of, of Showstoppers to transfer your – I can't even talk. I can write, but I can't talk. I can't do two things at once, apparently. To transform your interviews from interesting to a powerful list-building platform, and this is why I think it's we really wanted to talk today is to help people – build their list, get their voices heard, capture the catchphrases, help? What are we looking at here? Yeah. Well, I've already dropped at least one showstopper. And I'm, so I wish I could, I could hear the listener right now and you could tell me if you know what it was. Do you know what it was, Denise? So let me tell you what a showstopper is. A showstopper is a formula. It's a catchphrase. It's a hook. Yes, exactly. It's the rocks. Yeah. Relevant, so we, outcome-driven, credibility, and specificity. I told you I was right. Specificity. <laughs> or specific, we can say. I can't yeah, talk, and, but I can write today, apparently. It's very sad. Well, I'm rewiring your DNA. Like, all your brain cells are rewiring right now. So that's what happens, right? <laughs> But the, right. um, the showstoppers are what makes you memorable. And I, I talked about another one, superhero syndrome. It's not a, not specific to our topic today, but it was an example. You know, I've had uh, a lot of them over the years. And what happens is it's what makes you memorable. And when you're memorable, people want to stay connected. And so um, I have designed different showstoppers for my clients to deliver in their talks. And what I've noticed is their confidence goes up. And it keeps them from being a rambling rose. They can talk about their work using these little mnemonic uh, memory phrases. And it helps them stay on track, but it also helps the audience click on and go, oh, that was so interesting. You want the, you want the showstopper to be intriguing. So they go, wait, hold on. I want to get that again. And they rewind if they're listening to it, you know, on a recording or on a podcast, rewind and go, let me listen to that again. I want to make sure I really got this. And so showstoppers have a lot of different value. One of them is like how you might teach something. It's how you're memorable. Um, it's, it's like they, they kind of add value to the, to the conversation. And so it brings value, the value profit or the value energy up, so to speak with the, with the, um, you know, the listener's experience. But ultimately, a showstopper should also showcase the call to action, the invitation you might make. And it could be as simple as like, you know, like, hey, let's book a call and let's evaluate that together. So 
I had a client who she is a content conversion strategist and she was like not really getting the results she was hoping for. Like she knows, she knew everybody was raving about her work, but she wasn't like getting people to, to take action. And so we reworked her, the way she would talk about her program or her, her steps so that it had a bit of that showstopper energy and it was a formula. And so this is her, her five-step formula, right? Or her three-step formula. And so instead of people going, okay, that was nice. They're going, oh, well, how do I actually learn how to do that? And that would be a greater connection for them to go download her, her lead magnet. Um, I've had clients that have experimented with offering like a consultation call all the way through just offering like a book or a lead magnet and it doesn't matter what it is, if that showstopper is really intriguing, the call to action results go up. Um, by the way, just as a side, most people get the best results from some very low-risk, super easy, downloadable resource. That seems to be the best next step invitation. That's why that's what I typically offer people is something very easy for them to get massive clarity and, um, you know, super easy to, to access, super easy to download. So, um, yeah, that's what showstoppers are. And I like to design them so they are brand friendly, brand amplifying. You want them to kind of like connect back to your brand in some way, shape, or form. Can you give me, in, in your world, how you do it for you, can you give mm -hmm. us some examples yeah, so rocks would be an example from my, my work. Um, let's say I um, let's say I, I wanted to do one on guest. Um, I don't have this currently, but um, I could take the word guest and I could build an acronym where each letter is going to be one of the specific um, letters in, in guest. Um, I also like I this I do some of these so accidentally, Denise. They're very funny. Like stuff just comes through me, <laughs> and then when people respond well, I'm like, okay, that sticks. The golden thread. So that came from a conversation, an interview I was giving, and I was teaching the value of showstoppers and uh, the way we teach content when we're talking in an interview. And I said, it's like building a golden thread. We want to move them from being interested with the topic to being intrigued with the showstoppers and the talking points to being invested in taking action with us. And that's what gets people to get, you know, download your freebie or make the first call. Uh, and the, the host was like, that's good. I'm like, I'm scribbling right now. I'm taking notes. Right. And I ended up getting like five new uh, guest expert system clients from that one interview, one interview, five new clients. And I thought, I think the showstopper of golden thread works. And so it stopped. Yep. So I think it it's does. great to test drive them and see what works, right? Like what, what is compelling and interesting to your audiences? It may be exciting for you, but if it's not sticking, it's not working, then try another one. Uh, you know, I just had a way back, you know, way back machine type of moment. Everybody knows what the way back machine is. Years ago, probably around the same time that you and I were first starting to talk on this podcast, I had a guest on and he asked me, he said, well, Denise, what is it that you do? And I went, Ooh, kind of like what we're still talking about. I do so many things. 
And that was my response. I said, you know, I do a little bit of everything. I'm a web developer. I'm a podcaster. You know, you heard me say all that earlier. I love to cook. I'm a cat wrangler. And I said, basically, I'm just a nerd in stilettos. And he said, say that again. And fortunately, I remembered what I said because half the time I don't. It just comes out. And I said, well, I'm a nerd in stilettos. He said, Denise, have you branded yourself that way? And I said, well, no. He said, when we get off this phone, when we're off this podcast, you call me. Now, here's the thing. When the publicist for the Academy Award says, call me and you do this, you do it. So, you know, those moments just kind of pop up and you go, okay, that was a showstopper. Your best showstoppers are what naturally is rolling off your tongue, but it's catchy to the listener. And I love that story. It's such a perfect story, Denise, of how you kind of like had something roll right off your tongue and it was exactly like something that was really intriguing. Now, the trick would be how do you tie that back to what your audience wants, right? And so that would right. be the next step is like, okay, it's catchy, but what does it mean? And then we start to build the um, so that, uh, so that it does what? Like I'm a nerd in stiletto that people, blah, 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 right? So we would want to just unpack the rest of that statement because there's something really um, compelling and intriguing and inciting inside that brand statement. Well, and the reason I said it is because, you know, I, I do have cats. Everybody who knows me knows this. But if you look in, and I'm an introvert, I rarely leave my house, but you should see my closet. It looks like Nordstrom's threw up in there. I've got stilettos. They're pretty, and I love them. I go visit. I wear them. In the house. <laughs> so it's all There's true. some really great stories in there, I suspect. <laughs> I it's, love it. You know, but you're right. When we're talking, I mean, I get some of my biggest inspiration on my show when I'm talking with people like you. I scribble. I write down notes. I get ideas for my own work. I get things that I can share with other people. I take your work and say, have you found Melanie yet? Go find her, which reminds me, you, you talk a lot about why podcast guesting helps transform competitors into win-win collaboration partners, and I have found that to be absolutely true. So can we share, we're running out of time, but can we share a, a mm-hmm. bit about that idea before we go? Yeah, totally. So this is actually why I started my podcast is, So let's take a step back. We know that getting in front of an ideal audience is going to attract people who that audience, that audience is built by your competitor, right? And if they're a competitor, that means we share ideal audience, ideal clients. Now, not every competitor feels really excited to promote their uh, colleagues who do the same thing. But when we get into podcasts, what do your ideal compet- like your competitors want more than anything who hosts a podcast? They want content. They want good content. They want content that their audience are going to rave about. And so what we're looking for are competitors who host shows, who host podcasts, who are looking for um, great content. And your job is to come up with a complementary topic that isn't the same exact thing as they do. So I have all kinds of competitors. And I, my whole thing is like, well, how do we collaborate instead of compete? 
And what we look for is like, okay, well, you talk about this all the time. I don't talk about that. Why don't you come on my show and talk about that? We know if somebody's in our audience and they're not buying from us, they're probably never going to buy from us. So why not open up that, that pool of, of new possible um, you know, clients to someone who could solve the problem for them? It's a win for me. It's a win for the, the, um, the guest. And it's a win for the, the audience because maybe they're going to resonate with that that uh, connection a little bit differently than they do with the host. And, you know, so everybody's winning. So that's the short version of it. And by the way, again, one of the mistakes that I think people make is thinking of competitors as a stop game. It's like, okay, there's nothing there. They're my competitor. Well, if they're hosting a show, trust me, there's a way to be of value and to break that, that like stop game and open up a flow both directions, right? So right. don't let that be a, a stop. Let it be a start. And you know what I like to do with mine is, uh, you know, I have, like you, I've been podcasting for quite a long time. And I've got a list of incredible guests that I will frequently say, listen, can I introduce you to other podcast hosts that I think you would be a perfect fit for? They never say no, and I'm happy to do it. Yeah, see, you, you're a collaborator at heart. Now, the trick is, how do you open that up so that you're collaborating both directions, right? Now, that's it's a not good just question. You being, yeah, so there's the opportunity. It's the opportunity <laughs> for everybody who hosts a podcast. And by the way, I have talked to more podcast hosts who don't really um, recognize the dormant opportunity inside their green room. That green room is a very, very palpable space to turn on, you know, the reverse invitation or to open up collaboration opportunities of other kinds. And so I like to think of the green room as the profit room. Like that's where some of the the bigger opportunity emerges. No kidding. And listen, anybody who knows me knows that I always do a pre-interview, always. I mean, I did one with you, even though you've been my guest multiple times, things have changed. It's been 10 years, but I always do that. That's, I mean, that's where I get really comfortable with with my guests. But what I do and have always done is after the show and after we hang up and, you know, have to run outside, let the dog out, run for the bathroom, you know, run and get water, whatever it is we're going to do, I always call my guests. And honestly, Melanie, that's where a lot of the magic happens as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See, you're doing you're doing all the right things. Now we just want to amplify, you know, be a little more synergistic. And I, I would put this invitation out to anybody is we're all making these mistakes unconsciously. Nobody's doing them on purpose, right? And it's just knowing like, oh, if I just do this one thing a little differently, look at the new results I could start getting. That's why I put that 17 mistake report together, um, Denise, because I want people to recognize everybody's doing them and they can be shifted with small, tiny improvements. Where can people find that report, Melanie? Oh, yes. Okay. So if you go to MelanieBenson.com forward slash partner podcast, partner podcast, like partner in, partner in success, <laughs> partner podcast, uh, you'll be able to download the 17 mistakes guest experts make that cost them the lead and the client. And if you're, if you're getting that today, which I highly recommend you do so you don't click away and forget, you'll also get access to a um, special training that I'm doing that will help you learn how to take those mistakes, flip them into successes, and be an in-demand 
guest expert that's making another six figures in new business each year. Perfect. I actually did go get that, but I did it under my junk email, so it's not a name you'll recognize, but I'm I'm there. I've got it. So I Melanie, love it. <laughs> where I don't want I don't want to open my email every day and go, oh my god, it's going to go to my junk. I'll get to it when I feel like it. So anyway, where can people find you? I know you've got this terrific podcast. Let's share where people can find you before I let you go. Yeah, two things. Uh, MelanieBenson.com is best place to come. And, you know, I'm also active on all the social medias and I would love it if, you know, we want to connect there. Let me know you heard me here on Denise's. And I know Denise just mentioned using your junk mail. I'm just going to give you a little plight to use a good email address. I know Denise, that works for you, but what happens is people never get the solutions and then you kind of miss all the opportunities. And with spam filters today, a lot of people don't ever get their emails. So, <laughs> so just a little, if you really want to make sure you get all the goodies that come with it, then definitely use a good email address. I will. <laughs> For you, I will. For anybody else, no. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, thank you so much. It's been wonderful catching up. And honestly, I ought to take pictures of my notebook. I've scribbled. It looks like, remember, I don't know if you remember seeing when you were a kid, you would see old parchment um, letters, I mean, way old that, you know, they were taxed, I think, by the letter. So people would write forwards, backwards in the line. It was horrible. You couldn't read them. My notebook looks like that right now. I'm, I, I want to like, see a picture. <laughs> I'm back in the 1800s trying to write a letter and not have to mortgage the house to mail it. So anyway, it has it. been wonderful having you here. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you shared with our audience. And I seriously Thank am taking you. notes and taking your advice. So thanks for having me back. It's a great honor. Thank you. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, anywhere you consume your business podcast. The truth is you can't throw a stick on the internet without hitting your part in Success Radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Melanie, again, Thank you. It has been my distinct pleasure catching up with you again. Me too. Thank you, Denise. And look forward to connecting with more of our community uh, online. Thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 